shopping? Anybody having any stress with issues in your life this morning? Today I'm speaking on supernatural joy. We were uh, caroling. We had our Christmas party for our praise team Friday night at our house. and So we all we had a great time. My wife's a great cook and had this beautiful meal from the china and everything. And man, it was awesome. We started out by praising and worshiping and praying and having the meal. Just, you know, it was so cool. And then we had started a tradition of going caroling that same night. So we had got the church van and had 18 carolers. We had a list of some people to go see. We went to Shannon Hospital, crammed into a room where Kristen Letta was, and a young woman, young mom, newlywed, diagnosed with cancer. We sang Revelation song. We don't just do Christmas carols because we like to bring the anointing and prayed over her. Found out there was a lady on the fifth floor after we'd gone to the first floor that there was a lady on the fifth floor. So we went down to the, you know, it's quite a sight in the elevators. <laughs> Guitars, flutes, and all this. We looked like a sad bunch of mariachi people. I don't know. Because we would always end with Feliz Navidad. That's our fun song to end with. And So after everybody's crying after the prayers, then we end with Feliz Navidad. So we get to walk out with joy and happiness and so we go up to the fifth floor and play, pray for a lady that had, had a, a knee that's just gone bad and prayed for her and sang for her. And then we got in the car and went to Paul Ann and sang for a lady that had just lost a loved one, sang for their family as kind of a surprise for them. Then we got in our car and we drove across town. If I leave anybody out, let me know. We drove across town to uh, the Bluffs where we had already scheduled to go sing uh, for a, a lady's husband. It's a family that moved here from California, and this lady is so sweet. Her name's Norma, and she said her husband has been diagnosed with a, a, a disease, that, an infectious disease, and they sent him home to die. And he's in a hospital bed, and it's 10 o'clock by the time we get there because we don't just go sing and jump in the car and leave. We pray, minister, and so we call it caroling with purpose. So we went and knocked on the door, and all the lights were on. So we thought, hey, it's 10 o'clock. What the heck? Let's try it. And, man, they were all up. They just got through decorating the tree, and all of our family was there. And so I said, do you, th- you think it would be, oh, yeah, yeah, come in, come in, come in, come in. So we come in, and we uh, sang, or singing carols. And then they invited us in because he, he couldn't be, we couldn't really get in the little room he was in. It was kind of, it was in a hospital bed, and. So they invited me to go in and pray for him. And, man, they were praying in the spirit of his family, and it was pretty cool to feel the presence of God in our worship. We uh, and some other people were invited to go in as they were felt led to go in and pray for him. People went in, and while they were in there, I get a phone call from Basil. I'm telling you, if it's after 10 o'clock and Basil calls me, I know it's something very serious. And so I walk outside uh, so I can hear him, and he tells me of the the events of the night said there was a Christmas party and his two grandsons were at the party and uh, a man apparently got upset and left the party and came back with a gun and began to shoot and killed uh, killed Basil's grandson 
okay, I can do this because God is my strength. Um, he's a lot calmer than I am actually on the phone. And of course, I said, I don't know what to say. And sometimes we don't, and that's okay. But I did pray that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would be there for them. And uh, during the week, we'd also heard from some our son and his wife. They have a friend that's been uh, business partners, and his wife is a young mother. She's been diagnosed with some type of cancer that's very serious where she can't even walk. And so I'm thinking, okay, God, I've got cancer, cancer, terminally ill, all these things that have been spoken to people's lives we're dealing with and we're praying for these people, loss of loved ones. And then then Basil's the news from about his grandson. And you want me to preach on joy? This Sunday, we flip-flopped them joy from, you know, love because the next week is the children's play and it's really evangelistic. So I felt like, man, we should flip-flop them and do joy this week and love next week. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. Yeah, joy. Because joy is different than happiness. It's not the same thing. And I know that. And I've preached this joy sermons many times. Many times. And so I got to thinking as people come in this morning, I was a little bit heavy-hearted today and because of this thing with Basil. Basil was looking at the good side of it. His other grandson, the man, the, the shooter, shot at his other grandson four times and missed him totally. And I'm thinking, wow, that's awesome. He was protected, but what about the other one? can't tell you I have a, a good understanding of that, and I don't think you can tell me that either. We don't understand sometimes why things happen. But what I preach and what I believe is that I trust God in the midst of it, that you trust God in the midst of it. So I'm thinking people are coming in this morning, and, and I don't know all of you. I can't know all of you. I know a lot of you. I know many of you by name. I don't know all of you by name. But I thought if we just lined you up to tell me, tell us, tell the church, just give you the microphone. I'm not going to do that, so don't worry. What junk's going on in your life? What are you facing? Who do you know that's been diagnosed with cancer? Who do you know that's lost? Who do you know that's their marriage is falling apart? Who do you know that's in this relationship? I mean, we could just sit. Couldn't we talk all day about that? We can talk about the problem all day. But really what we need to talk about is the solution. What we need to dwell on is the solution. When God said this is, it wasn't a mistake that we switched them and joy was this Sunday. God knew this before the beginning of time. I can't figure that one out either, can you? Um, and I even thought not about even showing that video because that was kind of easy, cheesy stuff. Oh, credit cards, gifts, stress, and all that. No, it's a lot more going on in our lives than that. And you guys and I need the joy of the Lord. But I want to tell you something. The joy of the Lord is not your regular joy. It is supernatural. Say supernatural joy. The word joy, I did. A, I like to do little word searches. That's really how literate I am on the computer. I can do word searches. Oh, I have in my notes also that 
Yeah, also on, on top of all that, a 16-year-old boy from Water Valley committed suicide this week. So, again, I'm just saying, that we could sit here and talk about this all day. That's, that's all I want to talk about that. But I, I looked up the word joy, rejoice, joyous, joyful. Oh, it's almost 500 times in the Bible. Almost 500 times. I think God wants us to know something about his joy. We sang about it this morning, but God wants us not just to sing about it, but to experience it. Every believer, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Every believer has the capacity to walk in joy. Every believer has the capacity to walk in joy. Y'all believe that? Say it like you believe it. Every believer has the capacity to walk in joy. Amen? Okay, well, I'd like you to stand with me. We're going to read 1 Thessalonians 6 all together. Stand up. You're trying to take notes. You just got your paper out, your pen. He says, stand up now. We'll be joyful. Read with me. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Say that again. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. That means joy comes from the Holy Spirit. So bow your heads. Father, right now, I speak joy over this place. Supernatural joy would overtake every believer in this place, no matter what their circumstances, no matter what's taking place in their life. We come to you today because you're the God of joy. You spoke it into existence, and you have given it to us by your grace. And it's one of those awesome gifts and one of those awesome fruits of your spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we receive it. Say, I receive joy this morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Some of you are going, I think he preached on that scripture last week. I did. It's kind of cool how you can find, you can rest, you can kind of settle in an area in the scriptures, and God will just, okay, let me show you this. Now, next one, let me show you this and this. There's a wealth in the scriptures, just a wealth of knowledge in the scriptures. And um, Baz would like me to say that to you this morning, I know, because he is a man of the word. And I just petition you to lift his family. If I posted it on our webs- our Facebook site, and I know not everybody looks at Facebook, but that's some of you already know the situation, but you don't know really what happened. So they're on their way. They left them the Saturday morning to drive. They got to Little Rock, spent the night there, and are on their way to Alabama today. And uh, so just left here and they line up in your prayers and the family, the, the Coleman family. And, you know, our prayers have to extend past just that family because there was a family that was involved. They had a son that did that. Um, just it's a tragedy. And yet we, my prayer is that whatever the enemy is meant for bad, God would turn this for good. You know, Basil, one of his famous teachings is on taking a spoil. He teaches that all the time. That's the first time I'd ever heard that. Y'all remember when he first taught that? He had this revelation. So we don't just go in and win victories. We take a spoil. So whatever your circumstances are in your life, you're not, you're not just going to have to wallow through them and try to get through. You, take a, you, you go in victoriously, but you take a spoil. And you know what the spoil usually is, is grabbing some people to bring them into the kingdom. That's the best spoil. 
So there's an, there's an, there is an opening here for Basil and others to minister to people that maybe never would have happened before. So let's pray for him. Keep him in your prayers. The Greek word for joy is chara or chara, however you want to pronounce it. I don't care, but uh, that's the Greek word. And it's derived from the word charis, which is the Greek word for grace. So you know that? If you didn't know that, you ought to write that down. This is really cool to know this because chara is produced by the charis of God. The grace of God gives us the joy of God. Okay? Joy is not a human-based happiness that comes and goes, but it goes, but rather its joy is divine in its origin. It is a spirit-given expression. Listen to what Rick Render says about that. That flourishes best in hard times. Sparkling gems of the Greek. If you don't have that book, you need to get it. It's like every day is a devotional. It's awesome. You can look it up. I mean, find it. Uh, we buy them. We give them away to people. For, like if they go to the hospital, instead of giving them some flowers, they're going to wilt and die. We give them a book. But he says in there that this joy that, that God is talking about in 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter uh, 1, verse 6, he's talking about the joy of the Lord. He's talking about this gift of grace. It flourishes the best when times are difficult. Look at that verse. In, in the Amplified, what it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, keep your Bible open there. And you set yourselves to become imitators of us and through us of the Lord himself. For you welcomed our message in spite of much persecution with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. How many of you are walking through some trials and tribulations today? Raise your hand. Most of you. How many of you are going through some things you don't understand today? Raise your hand. How many of you are going through some financial difficulties today? Raise your hand. How many of you are going through, you know, there's some family relational problems. I'm not saying husband and wife, but somewhere in your family, there's some things going on that you don't understand and you don't don't want to be a part of. You don't have to deal with it. Listen, in spite of all those things that you're going through, all the affliction, the joy of the Lord can show up in a supernatural way and infuse that situation and change that situation. These Thessalonians, man, they were under great stress and great persecution. And in the midst of it all, they they said, man, we've got the joy of the Lord. It was due to the Holy Spirit working in them. Now turn to 1 Thessalonians 1, and I want to look 5 through 7. That's going to be our basic text this morning. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 7. This is what the Apostle Paul says. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in what? It's pretty cool to note that. And in the what? And in much. Okay, that's that's the basic outline for this sermon. As you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. In other words, he's saying what we brought to you, we've lived it. He says, because we're assured of it. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. 
Listen, as you walk through your circumstances that you raised your hands about this morning, if you will allow the joy of the Holy Spirit, if you will allow him to come in and bring peace and bring resolution and restoration in this situation, you will be an example to other people. That's what he's saying here. Now, here's the next thing. The first thing you wrote down was what? Every believer can, has a capacity to walk in the, whole, in the joy, okay? Here's the second thing. The gospel brings joy. Number two, the gospel brings joy. When I began, you've heard it already. Billy Faye said it when she was praying, and we, we said it all the time. It's just kind of one of those catchwords. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you know that? Nehemiah where? Eight, ten. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's kind of like that when in Jeremiah 29, 11. That we all quote, for I know my plans that I have for you. What's the rest of it? Prosper you, not to harm you, to give you what? Hope. See, we quote those scriptures just like I've been. This is something God's laid on my heart. We, we quote, I can do all things through Christ, that God supply all my needs according to his glory. We quote those. We like those little single sentences, but we forget it. Jeremiah 29, 11 is in the midst of 70 years of what? Captivity. We, we don't recognize sometimes the places that those are put in the word and they're put there for a reason. Now, we were at the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what they were doing? The Nehemiah had just completed the wall. He had just become in 52 days in a miracle time. He completed this wall around Jerusalem and all the tribes from all the nations were gathered together and they'd come back to Jerusalem to re-inhabit the place. And you know what they did this very special day in Nehemiah 8? Go back and read it. You'll be blessed by it. He got out the word, the first five books of the Bible that we know of, the law, the books of the law. He got them out and they read the word for six straight hours. You tell me what church would exist today if you said come to church this morning at 10 o'clock and at 4 o'clock we'll be through. And all you would have done in those six hours is somebody read the word. You think our churches would be full. You think people, whoo, man, they had no good music. The guy that preached told no jokes. And he just got and read the word. I'll never forget Kevin Kirkland. I know Mark Oliver remembers this. Kevin and Mills Carraway and Harry Matthews, we, they would rotate. They were kind of the fill-in pe- preachers for a while, and I, they got me plugged in one Sunday, and that's all. And uh, Kevin got up, and he read Psalm 119. Start to finish. How many verses in that? hundred and somebody look it up. Help me. He read, that's the longest book in the Bible, 150 verses. He read every verse. That was his sermon. Blew me away. Was going, wow. 176 verses. He read it start to finish. And we're going, I think most people were like, I'm thinking, some people thought, well, man, he just didn't prepare a sermon, so he just got up and read the word. This day, listen, we take this so for granted. He got up, they got up, Ezra began to read the word, and the people began to weep. They wept. They hadn't heard the word in so long. 
They wept and wept. And then because he was reading from the books of the law, they began to understand that they were sinners. And they wept even more because they recognized from the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they were way far from God. And Nehemiah, he steps up and he says, listen, guys, you don't have to be weeping. You can mourn for your sorrow of your sin. But he said, listen, go eat, enjoy. The the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, sometimes we forget that God's got this word for us and it's full. It's packed with life-giving words. That should bring joy to our lives. Conviction, yes. But when we understand the conviction and move past conviction to being corrected in the Lord and walking with the Lord, we can walk in joy. So many of us, we don't want to be corrected. I love Robert Morris's teaching Wednesday night on the power of your words. He said, you know, we have this word accountability. We use it all the time. Well, so-and-so, he's my accountability partner. Well, that's good. Are you accountable? him? Yeah, I'm accountable. him. He said so many people use the word accountable, but they don't use the word correctable. Oh, yeah, I did this and I did that. Oh, brother, let's pray. Okay, next week I did this and I did that. Okay, brother, let's pray. He said, they don't, they're not correctable. They just listen and they go, oh, forgive me, Lord. And then they go back and do what they've been doing before. But they're, but they're accountable. Correct? And, and God says, don't just be accountable. We need to be correctable. We need to be teachable, but we need to be changeable. The word of God should come and slice us open to where we recognize who we are and what we need and what we need to be about. Go away. Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. John 15, 11, Jesus taught his disciples and he said, these things I have spoken to you. And he was the word. He is the word. He said, these things that I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. If you want to walk in joy, you need the gospel. You need the gospel. And more than just on a Sunday morning, you need the word in you. Hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against him. Play the grace card too much, church. Wouldn't you agree, Jose? Oh, grace, grace. I love grace. God says, listen, my grace should lead you to a place of obedience. We should be correctable, church. We should be be teachable and not just learners, but doers of the word. Number three, the the power of God brings joy. I just have a four-point sermon today. The power of God brings joy. Back to First Thessalonians. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. Say power. And in the Holy Spirit. Acts 8. Turn to Acts 8, 4 through 8. You see, Paul said, I'm not just coming. When he went to the church of Corinth, he said, there's not just going to be words. There's going to be a demonstration of the words are going to be a demonstration of power. And he's while he's talking about is the power of the love of God. He's talking about this power that heals, that raises the dead, that it calls people from their sin, from their darkness to light. He's talking about a resurrection power. He's talking about the, the kind of power that packs churches because people need the power of God. And we're not seeing the power of God manifested in many Christians lives anymore. And when that does take place, listen, people will be beating down the doors to try to get in here. 
Acts 8, 4 through 8. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did, which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great, what? Joy in that city. When we start seeing demons flee, when we start seeing the dead raised and the, the cripple walking again and the blind seeing again, listen, there will be great joy in the city. Do you all want to see joy in the city? Well, guess what? Guess what? For that to happen, you've got to walk in obedience with the word. You've got to have the word in you. That joy of the Lord is going to be your strength as you get in the word, know the word, and know what God's promises are, how you should pray and how you can pray and how you can be led by the Spirit of God and how you can be doing the works of Jesus. But we settle sometimes for, I'm just going to put Jesus as the light of the world on my house, and that's good. I'm going to be one of the brave ones on my block to put Merry Christmas. I'm going to be really really bold and put a manger scene in my yard. No Santa Claus, just the manger scene. We think that's living on the edge. Or the bumper sticker, put the Christ back in Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. But you need to put the Christ back in you while you're in Walmart. (laughs) Fighting and screaming for the last flat screen, you know. In Jesus' name, I claim that. Lord, you didn't part the aisle. Come on, part them, Lord, so I can get to the TV. The power of God brings joy. There's no more, there's no more joy that you can experience than when you see somebody healed or saved. It's just awesome. When you lay your hands on somebody and you pray for them, Jose, and, they, and you say, well, does it hurt anymore? No, sir. There's a little bit of joy, right? A little bit of joy. When you pray for somebody, Matt, and they don't know Jesus, and you see the scales fall off their eyes, and they, they stand up and say, I, I'm, I'm delivered. I'm free. That's a lot of joy shows up in the place. Amen? Or a pastor, I'm telling you, I told you this last week, when you tell somebody and then they get the word and they get it in their heart and they begin to actually act it out and obey the word and they come up and say, Pastor, you know what you, what you preached last week? I actually did that and, and the, the, man, the burdens just came off and I'm just, yeah, that brings some joy to me. God's, he's for us to have joy, church. And the last thing, assurance in Jesus brings joy. First Thessalonians 1, 5 through 7. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. Say assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord and have received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples to all those people. In other words, Paul so believed what he taught. He so believed that the people of Thessalonica caught hold of it. How many of you have ever had a mentor in, in, let's say, a sport? Anybody ever had a mentor, somebody that trained you or taught you in a sport? How about a piano teacher? Anybody ever had a teacher? 
somebody that taught you, or just say something, like a parent. How many of you had parents that were really good teaching parents? They taught you how to live life. They taught you how to do things in life. You know what? When, when they really believe what they're teaching, you grab hold of it a lot better, don't you? How many of you had some really good teachers in school growing up? You remember the good teachers. They weren't the nicest teachers necessarily, but they were the teachers that you knew cared about you, and they cared, they had a passion about algebra. I'm serious. I, ha- I didn't like, I didn't care for that. There were certain classes, though, but you would get into, it wouldn't be something you necessarily cared much about, but your teacher did so much, and she conveyed it in such a way that you were going, wow, that really is cool. I really think I do need to learn that. I think this is kind of how Paul was in, in Silas and Timothy. They were so excited about what they had learned, what God had poured into them, that it just oozed out of them. Everybody else would gather around them. I mean, that's what they did with Jesus. They just wanted to be close to him. Uh, John told us this morning about the woman just wanted to touch the hem of his garment because she had heard about him. Holy Spirit was just pouring out of him. Matter of fact, it was pouring out of him so much it was in his clothes. She just touched the hem of his garment and was healed. Because Jesus is God incarnate. I mean, he was, he was, he was the manifest. He's the, the living, the flesh of God was walking this earth. And people looked at him and they knew it was God. They, they could touch him and they could feel him. They would listen to him. They would go, wow, he teaches with such authority. He loved what he did because he, he was who he was. He wasn't a phony. Man, people can spot a phony. But when Paul and them, when they came to this city of Thessalonica, people would gravitate to them. They said, we got to go hear this guy. He really believes what he's teaching. And matter of fact, he doesn't just believe it, but he exhibits it. He touches people and they're healed. He has words of knowledge for people and they go, wow. The joy of the Lord comes from assurance. Second Timothy 1.12 says, For this reason I also serve these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. This is Paul speaking. For I know whom I have believed in and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. In other words, Paul said, I believe it so much. I am persuaded that God is God, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I, that he died, he rose again, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I am persuaded, I am committed, I am assured of that. And that's why I can tell the people that. That's why I can preach what I preach. The supernatural of joy of the Lord comes when we have given ourselves totally to Jesus. We have full assurance that he is who he says he is. When trials and conflicts come into your life, and they will, Jesus said you will have trouble. Even when you are standing at death's door, you can have the joy of the Lord because you know whom you have believed. And you're persuaded that he is able to keep that which you have committed to that day that he comes back. James 1, 2 through 8, and we'll kind of wrap it up pretty quickly. Famous passage on joy. Started not to use it. I didn't even tell my wife last night. She, I go in uh, every on Saturday nights. I go in and kind of go back over my sermon again, get it down, and sometimes I even speak it out loud. And I pray. That's kind of what I do on Saturday nights. And usually get to bed about midnight. But when I went back in after we had had a praise team party, and then we had the the young youngest couples party, and 
got home, we were tired. She said, well, you're going to go work in your sermon. She's going to make a cake. And I said, yep. But I hadn't told her that I lost my sermon on the computer, you know, twice this week. Started working on it, had it all lined up, and opened it up, and it wasn't there. And, and I think that God had something else to do to show me to change. So last night, I actually went, I already had it all up here and here, but I had to put it back down on paper so I wouldn't get lost. But I had not considered this passage, but I want to I consider, I want you to consider this passage this morning as we talk about joy. My brethren, James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Let me read that again. My brethren and sistren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces this thing called patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Here's the key, verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose, and this is a really, really strong verse. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. I say that verse because of this. I said assurance brings joy. But we have so many Christians today that are not sure of their faith. They're not sure what they believe. They go to this church and then they they hop over to this one. They go to that one. They get the smorgasbord Christianity, I call it. It's a buffet Christianity. They throw a little Hindu in there and a little Buddha in there and a little, uh, you know, Muhammad in there. They just kind of start mixing them all up. And they got this mess and they're double-minded. I'm telling you, you will not walk in the joy of the Lord if you're double-minded. Because he says in here, if you're double-minded, don't expect to receive anything from God. You need to know what you believe, church. You need to know what you believe. Now, I know there's some things that we can disagree on, and that's fine, but you need to know the basics of Christianity. You need to understand the basic things of God. So you can walk in this joy into the things that you don't understand and you get in the Word and you ask the Holy Spirit to show you. But he says, how, how can you count it all joy when you fall into various trials if you don't know what you're going to do in the midst of those trials because your faith is wavering? You, one day you're here and one day you're there. God wants us to be right here focused on Him all times. You will never experience true supernatural joy as long as you're double-minded. Danny Crosby wrote a beautiful old hymn. said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Listen, this is what she believed. She was an heir of salvation purchased of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. She was singing, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I would 
I almost guarantee you that she was a Mormon of great joy because of what she wrote, what she believed. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Can you say that this morning? I, uh, you know, this thing with Basil's, it really is shaking me and And I don't want to dwell on it because I know God's on his throne. But I just feel like, I feel like so many of you are, are in those places that you're not really assured of your salvation. I asked you that last week, and I don't know why I'm thinking of it again, but except for the Holy Spirit. Some of you this morning, maybe you weren't even here last week, but you're not sure. You're in a place where there's just a lot of doubt because of what's happened in your life. You just wonder if God's really that, if he's really God. I mean, I don't think any of us would go, you know, if, if, you, were the, if you were the parent of that son that was just violently shot, if there might be a little bit of a, hmm, God, why did you allow that? You think? I don't know. Even when those thoughts come, I'm telling you, church, whatever is going on in your life, when those thoughts come, the enemy tries to get you to waver and doubt. That's when God will stand the most bold and declare himself the most true. If you'll listen to him, if you'll trust him in that. He really will. I went to see my mom yesterday, and many of you know she's uh, diagnosed with dementia. Alzheimer's, I don't know if it's one of those things. And I told Mary Lou that one of the hardest things I've ever done is go see my mom when they put her on the pureed food. Because I just think it's the worst, but it's not, okay? It's not. But when your own mother doesn't know your name, when it gets to that place, that's when you go, God, I know you, I trust you. I know my mother, when she dies, that she's going to go into your presence. And I don't understand this, but I trust you. I just feel like there are people that are, you're in that place this morning. You don't understand it, but you really want to trust God in it. That's what he's asking you to do. And I will tell you this, church, that's faith. And he says, without faith, we cannot please him. That's faith. Mary was singing that song this morning. We went in there to, maybe it's on the way to church. When did you ask? We were singing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yeah. You didn't know I'd written this down. It's the last thing in my sermon. It says, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near, my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship your holy name. 
Father, there are people here this morning that need to hear from you. And they're wavering today, Lord. They're wavering because of situations in their life. They're wavering because of a loss or a pain or heartache or grief. There's a family in Water Valley that's grieving over the loss of a 16-year-old boy. There's a family in Alabama grieving over the loss of a grandson and a son and a brother. And Father, there are people in this audience that are grieving over something. They need to know that you love them and that you really are a God of joy. You're the God of hope. You're the God of love. You're the God of peace. And you can bring that to us. We can live in it. As long as we keep our eyes upon you and not waver. I was, um, you have that slide ready, Jeremy? There's a house down the street that um, they have uh, those inflatables. I'm not a big fan of the inflatable decorations. Are y'all? Anybody have inflatables? Raise your hands. Don't be embarrassed just because I don't like them. Okay. I'm not a big fan because, see, there's, this is the house. It's right down where Jody and Trina used to live next door, and it has this big inflatable joy. Isn't that beautiful? It's awesome. But look what it looks like during the daytime. And look at the black cat just for effect. That's, that's kind of the way some of us as Christians are. When things are going good, give me the good slide. When things are going good, that's us. But when when life hits us hard, sometimes we look like that. God wants us to be full of joy. In and out of season, all times. He wants us to be full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, church, it's something you can't manufacture. You can't conjure it up. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. That's why I said it's supernatural. Would y'all stand this morning? We're going to close with prayer. Ain't God good? Y'all feel encouraged that no matter what you're going through, God's with you. That's Emmanuel. That's what that means, God with us. He's walking with you through your, your journey. And I'm not even, we're not going to have an invitation this morning. I'm just, I'm going to pray over you. Um, especially those of you that feel like you're conflicted, maybe a little wavering this morning. But I will, ask, I will offer this to you. We're going to have our prayer room open in the back and the one on the side. If our ministry teams could be, just be, be prepared uh, to, to pray with people. So if some of the ministry team would go ahead and stand here by this door and some in the back by that door. Would y'all do that for me this morning? Step out and go. We have a ministry team. And then if there's an overflow of people that need prayer, because I feel like this might be something really private with, with people today, that you're struggling in an area of grief, Maybe more specifically that than anything, grief, uh, a loss, um, that you would want to have some people pray with you and be restored with the joy of the Lord, okay? Let's bow our heads.
Lord, I thank you for joy. I thank you that we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come because you have come. You sent your son, Jesus, not just to be born in a stable, but to die for us and be resurrected. And he seated at the right hand of the Father, even now interceding for us, that we would continue to walk in joy. And, Father, happiness comes and goes. We get a raise, we're happy. We get uh, demoted, we're not happy. We get, we, we, we get uh, find the woman of our dreams, we're happy. And then we get a divorce, and we're not happy. Father, happiness is so temporal. But the joy of the Lord, it remains. So, Father, this morning, may we remain in that joy. May the word of God, the power of God, the assurance of God rest in our souls today and in our spirits today that we would walk in joy. And throughout this season, not just through December 25th, but that through the end of the year, all next year, and however many days it is till you come back, Father, that we would walk in joy and people would see the peace that passes understanding all over us. And, Father, that we would walk out of this place changed, equipped to do the works of Jesus. And that's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you would like prayer this morning, uh, just ask you to go to the prayer rooms and somebody will meet you there. If you, God's called you to be a part of this church, you can also talk to them about that. And we have DVDs for all new members. If you're a new member here, you like a DVD of what we believe, we have those available now.